I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. All right, well, welcome to Countdown to the Comeback. Countdown, <laughs> countdown, countdown. <laughs> Yours was better. Mine was really loud. It's okay. I might have so... scared small animals. But you're farther, you're, you went back. You countdown, know, you, countdown, countdown. You're better at working with microphones than I am, I would venture to guess. No, they used to turn them off for me no. when I went on stage at the improv. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. <laughs> But that's... that freedom to go, oh no, boss is here, turn off the equipment. <laughs> well, I always think of myself as being really loud, I which am we too know I am. Perfect. Yeah. Cut down, cut down, cut down. Uh, and it's part of what happens when you grow up doing theater and right. you're playing to the back row. Sing out Louise. It's my mother's <laughs> mantra <laughs> to us. Um, So, anyways, as you might have guessed, if you are listening to this, uh, I hope you're as excited audience members out there about the return of the comeback as we are. It was the biggest news in mine and Jenny's life this year. (laughs) What does that say about our lives, Jenny? I was so excited, Marcy, when you told me that that it was coming back. Because you were the first person who told me. Oh, my God. I'm totally not even looking at that stuff anymore. Ten years. Ten years. So We've crazy. been friends a long time. We have been friends People a long time. People don't really care about that listening. But I it think might. it's important. I think it's important because we've been friends since around 2000 and it's 2014. So we're... The, the comeback was one of our bonding thing for us. And I think it, it will was. be again. I, I think so as well. We just got together and rewatched episode one. And what an episode. It was so much better than I remembered it. <laughs> like, I remember loving it obsessively, but we were just laughing out loud for the last hour, half hour. Half, oh, hour. half hour. 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. But but it's, it's beyond no commercials. So uh-huh. I, I remember looking just a couple days ago to download it, and I was looking on Showtime. I think it's because it isn't web therapy on Showtime, but I had forgotten that it was even an HBO show. I, yeah. I knew it was one of those. I think I, need, I have to get HBO now. <sighs> well, you know, you just have to come over here and That's watch it true. with me. That's true. Yeah, we'll okay. just watch it be- before. I love HBO. I, <laughs> and HBO, I was, I'm sure, loves you. And I was doing a budget thing. Yeah. Well, you know, we do that sometimes. Well, a lot of people aren't doing cable now. I know. The way that they used to. Right. Which I find fascinating. But so much has changed since the comeback was on. Right. And as I told you when you came, I did a little bit of research before uh, to pre- to prepare. Okay. Lisa Kudrow and her writing partner... Dan Bukatinsky. Thank you for pronouncing it for me. <laughs> and Michael Patrick King, right? Yeah, but, he directed it. Right. And I think he wrote it with her as well. Right. So the three of them probably had a heavy hand in the writing of the show, right? And um, this was... Coming off of the success of Friends for her and Sex and the City for Michael Patrick King. Right. And this was only a year after Friends ended. 
Was it really? Yeah. Uh, Friends ran from 1994 to 2004 for 238 episodes. Wow. Which is insane. This aired... 6-5-2005. Ran from three, for three months. You know, she was so young in this. That's what struck me when I first was watching it today. I mean, she looks great now. She always looks great. But she was so young in this. I think playing someone older than yeah. she was, probably. But, but isn't she also older than the other friends? Wasn't she the oldest of the friends? Yes. But I, I don't know how, by how much. I didn't I didn't do any research on that. Because I'm not really interested in how much older or younger. <laughs> I don't want to focus on her age. I don't but... want to focus on anyone's age because it reminds me of mine. So yeah. I feel, like, uh, I feel like I'm a hypocrite if I it's... focus on age. Yeah. And it doesn't... You can still play 20 at 40, right? In Hollywood? That's what my mother taught me, right? <laughs> Patty V. You keep believing that, Jenny. I will. You go. Sing out, Louise. (laughs) So this, I thought, was um, a great line from the New York Times review of this premiere. They called it the saddest comedy of television. The saddest comedy. Yeah. And I I just thought that that was kind of a really interesting way of... You know, I was I when I was watching it today, between the laughing out loud, I was, it was so sad. It's very sad. It's very sad. I mean, I can relate in some ways being an aging actress <laughs> in Hollywood. You know. Do you think it's easier now in the climate of television and movies, but mostly television, to for actors and actresses who are aging, especially actresses, because I. I and I want to be fair to men. I know that it's not. I think men also get a ill rap and are always like, it's so much harder for women than for men. And yeah, I it think, is. And I do. Yeah. <laughs> you go ahead and be fair. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say, you know, Clint Eastwood can stop a 20 year old on camera and no one cares. You yeah. know, I, you know, and it goes beyond that, too. It's like. We had recently, like, Chef. Did you see Chef? No, I didn't see it. You know, so the two women in John Favreau's life, Salma Hayek and... Oh, God, now I'm blanking on the other one. But it was someone gorgeous. <laughs> you know? God, who else was in that movie? Somebody just was mentioning it the I other know, day. I have to look it up. I'm sorry. I'm not as factual right. as you, Well, Jenny. no, you're, you're, you're right, though. Well, I'm just throwing you're these questions factual. out. Well, I'm just trying to ground us in some kind of a... I'm impressed by you. Um... <laughs> makes one of have us. Have I ever told you you're my hero? You know, I really do have to give a shout out, though, to the Wikipedia? to the people who have walked before us. Um, I listened to I listened to, for the last probably five years, podcasts um, that these guys over at, it's called The Bald Move. Uh, the Bald Move do, uh, for Mad Men, they do a Mad Men happy hour cast. Oh. And there are so many Mad Men after show podcasts. But this one, Tom and I listen to all the time. And these are two guys who live in the Midwest or whatever, and they talk. So um, I was really thinking about them when I was thinking about us doing this. And, and one of the things that they do do is they kind of just take you through the episode and talk about it. So that's what I thought. As you saw, I was writing. Sort she of. was taking a lot of notes. I was petting the dog's tummy. <laughs> I'll admit it. 
It's all right. This is good though because you can you feel you you. I'm gonna get some real visceral stuff from mm-hmm. you. I can tell. Yes. Jenny's also wearing really bookish glasses today. <laughs> I'm looking really smart. She is. I'm looking, quote unquote. I'm making air quotes. about my broken leg? <laughs> and Marcy's here with, we're, like the ultimate fangirls are also like the ultimate injuries. We're falling apart. Mine aren't as sexy as a broken tibia and broken ribs, uh, which Marcy has recently sustained, but I have a... I'm recovering from a hand injury and... Scarlett Johansson. I was going to say Scarlett Johansson, but I wasn't sure. Now yes. that is ridiculous. Right? Scarlett Johansson and... John Favreau. And John Favreau. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, well... Anyway. Um, okay. Okay. So, um, oh, t- two other things I wanted to mention before we kept... Before we get into the content was that um, at the time as well... No, there were no housewife shows on yet. This was at the very, in the early days of reality. So nobody had seen the housewives. It was only the second season of Amazing Race that year. Wow. So that's like crazy. So it was before the Andy Cohen dynasty. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're right. Yes. I wonder what Andy Cohen was doing at that time. I don't, I don't know. know. Let's call him. <laughs> Andy. I'm Jewish. I'll pick up. Just tell him there's a Jew on the line. A no, Jewess. A Jew with a who broke her leg at Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> you don't get more Jewish than that. I know. I'm double Jew right now. So, all right. So we start off the episode. We we are opening up on the comeback. And Valerie is doing her first... It's not really a testimonial, but it's an introduction to Valerie. And we're seeing Lisa Kudrow as Valerie Cherish, which is... Well, you knew, you got it in like one second. You got that character so fast. Speaking as an acting coach, like, she didn't even have to, to, you know, build up to it. I knew in one second who she was. Yeah, just the... The different takes and that that she's trying to do, like... uh, We'll see later on that she feels she always does better a few takes in. And so, yes. you know, she's starting this sort of insecurity. She is that actress who has no hold on reality at all. <laughs> you know, it's perfect that she's doing a reality show following her comeback because the character Valerie Cherish, I feel like, lives in her, her brain is her own reality show. I think you're right. Like, there's always a camera on her. Right in her mind. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like we feel. Like yeah. we feel. Like, right? <laughs> Everybody's. Where, where is our camera here, Jenny? Behind <laughs> one. I didn't put any makeup on. Well, you know, it kind of goes back to. Well, you look pretty. Uh, it goes back you're to. Pretty. You're pretty. Yeah, you are. It goes back to uh, my mantra in my head, which is, "Who's looking at you?" <laughs> you know, I'm the opposite. Uh, but here she is, and she's like. The first words, right, is this is my this is my comeback. This is my oh comeback. God. You know what? I loved it as much hearing that today that I did ten years ago. I think we are the ultimate fan girls. We are. We are. I was so I was not disappointed rewatching season one. No. Or, or episode one of season no, one. So we're introduced to Valerie. We see that she is new to this genre. She doesn't really know what she's doing. She seems a little awkward. She keeps making the timeout sign. How great is Laura Silverman? Laura Silverman is perfect. She's Laura Silverman perfect. plays the producer, Jane. Jane. Jane is, and she, 
I mean, deadpan. she is the ultimate. Uh, on every show that I've ever worked on, that is, she is the crew girl. She is that girl. I, why is there always that girl in a crew? I noticed they don't, and of course it's not about the other people, but they don't explain what anybody is doing who's not the camera people or that's not obvious because right. I think if you're Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo in the Midwest I didn't know and I and honestly even being here I wasn't sure at the beginning what that role was what uh, Laura Silverman's role was not the character I got but is she a producer? Is she a, the director? How did they qualify that? And it is right. also one of those reality TV things that it's different. Well, I think in, in reality TV, um, because a lot of reality TV is non-union, they have to give everybody different titles. Like, they have to call the writers associate producers, and they have to, you know, so that they don't get in trouble with unions. Well, I, at the time, I had never worked on a reality show, but now... Having I worked on them and I was a writer, but they were I was an associate producer. Yeah, yeah, and um, so I, I know now she's like a producer or an executive producer, but at the time it was unclear to me. But again, you get very clearly what she's about with very little. She's good. And then we get, also in the first scene, we're introduced to the maid, Esperanza. Esperanza. Good to Esmeralda. Oh, Esperanza. Just the looks on her face. Fantastic. Oh, she was an angry, (laughs) she's angry throughout the whole thing. I know at the very end, or when they show, maybe not at the very end, when they show that clip of first Laura Silverman, Jane, and then Esperanza, and everybody's just mad at Valerie. Yeah. (laughs) That was a great moment. So Esperanza comes in with this six pack of Diet Coke and just starts dropping it. And Valerie is trying her hardest not. She wants everything to look great because she's still, the show's going on in her mind. What do you think the scene would, how do you think the scene would play out if the cameras weren't there? Like if it were like an everyday thing and maybe Valerie was just standing there talking to you or you know her friend and Esperanza came, do you think she would be that nice? No, absolutely not. That's what's that yeah, she was so trying she was trying so hard to hold it together it was like her head was going to explode that's what the, that was what was so funny about it yeah, she's just trying to contain yeah. like okay all right yeah the smile we're on just going to put this in the fridge and it's it's like the the band is being pulled so tight oh, so often with her that's what's so great i love that it's kind of the whole comedy band, right? Like, you want it to be uh, tight, but not too tight that it snaps completely, right? It's got to kind of give. You should see Jenny right now. She's doing the whole Pilates <laughs> thing while she's trying to explain that. I thought you were going to do yeah. something more like a two-handed, like two hand jobs at the same time. <laughs> she's giving two hand jobs at the same time. Uh, so Esperanza That's comes in. That's what the in. comedy band is. <laughs> the two comedy band is two hand jobs. Uh, two hand jobs towards the middle. Uh, so... Comedy. <laughs> Comedy. I didn't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Uh, we're gonna get there soon. Oh, sorry. I want to see this though. I'm jumping the gun. No. So, anyways, we're still. I'm sorry. We gotta move on here. So, um, so yeah. So funny bit with the zone meals that the she gets the zone meals out of order. There's no callback to that later. But uh, then we're moving on and we're shown the it wall. Oh. <laughs> That's what makes it the saddest comedy on television right there. Yeah, so we learned that Valerie Cherish is a former sitcom star mm-hmm. of 
Um, she was on a show for four years. It was the best time of her life. Yeah, it was. She was called. It was called. I'm it. This is it. I forgot something like that. Something with it in it. It was definitely in the title. It was. She and she she felt like she was it. There's a great bit, a great moment where she's talking about her Leno. She talks about my Leno. And maybe you have uh, experience with this. I don't, but. The way she talked about it, you get the impression that there's a whole echelon of performer who has their Leno. Like, that this is a cherished... She she presents it like, my Leno. Like, everybody who's anybody would have their Leno, their right. own. She doesn't understand why. <laughs> like, that's just, that's just normally what everybody thinks. <laughs> right. Which I understand because I don't want to say, but I sort of have an it wall at home myself. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with an it wall. Every wall in my house is an it wall of some kind, right? But it's I don't really... have Leno on my it wall. Though. Well, it's Leno's loss. It is, it's damn it. Leno's loss. Or Carson. Some people may have, like, my Carson, but I like my Leno. My Leno. Um, and then we meet her husband, Mark. Right, Mark? Yeah. Uh, who's played by Damien Young, who's very familiar, but I couldn't tell She's you like anything else. one of those else. actors who's been in everything. Yeah, you see uh, wait, him. I'll, I'll love IMDb Pro. Oh, it's so fun. All of these things are good tools to have. Makes life Can I just say there's nothing to do with the comeback? I'm really proud of myself that I didn't succumb and get the iPhone 6 right away. I'm looking this up on an iPhone 5 and I feel like a lot of power about that. Sorry. I'm wondering if you had gotten the iPhone would that have been before or after Rosh Hashanah? Because if you had already had it and you fell, you broke your tibia and your iPhone 6, it would have been even worse. I would have been punished for falling into the iPhone 6 thing, but I didn't. Damien Young, did you say? Yeah, Damien Young. All right. Uh, he looks like every man. My businessman. Yes. I think that's really cute. There's kind of this sweetness. I think they love each other. I do, too. I, I, I think so, too. Can we talk about when he went duty yet? <laughs> But we can see that. Yes, we can see that. We can see in this scene that they're getting used to the awkwardness of the cameras. Um, he's not sure what he can or cannot do. She's still kind of blown away. She does not grasp the concept that the raw footage is going to be cut up and edited together at a later time, and everything's not going to be in and. Valerie continues to tell everyone what should be taken out or that... It, or... She tries to control everything. Yes. Oh, very... Yeah, she does. She tries to control everything. And I love the timeout sign. Jane keeps telling her she doesn't have to do that and trying to whisper. Well, again, I think, too, it goes back to nobody really knew what reality television was then. Yeah. What was there? Was, like, the real world, maybe? Surreal life? Was that all on already? The, the real world, yeah. The real world has been on since the 90s was it the um but there was there were very few things like this on like you said um andy cohen had not yet built his empire i think that's a great kind of benchmark in where this is all playing out and also what'll make it interesting to see this new incarnation that they're doing i'm so excited i'm really excited i know when's it starting uh, it starts, the first episode airs November 9th of this year. <gasps> so that's what we're working up to. Okay, so. Wow, he's done a lot of stuff. Damien Young? Yeah. But it's always like Mike, the innkeeper, you know. 
Mark the husband. Yeah, he's like Senator Jim Pine in Edge of Darkness. All right. He oh he was in, on Sex and the City once. He played Carl. <laughs> I don't know who Carl is. <laughs> Hot Carl. Maybe? <laughs> It, but his hairline's receding, so we'd have to... I wonder what he looked like before his receding hairline. But that was one of the things I appreciated about Sex and the City, if I may. Yes. <laughs> if I may go off a little bit. Is that the oh, the men shit. the men were not... Yeah. The men were not classically good looking. I mean, every once in a while you would get a Kyle McLaughlin. But even Kyle McLaughlin, some people may say that's too much chin for my taste. Um, hello, speaking of Kyle McLaughlin, guess what else is coming back? Showgirls? No. <laughs> no! Damn it, I was so excited. <laughs> you know that Showgirls is my favorite bad really? movie ever. Oh, that is a bad movie. Oh, it's so fantastically bad. I love it. I love how bad it is. But, yes, but uh, Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks. Really? I know. Stay tuned. We might be doing a Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, that would be a fun one to do. Yes. Moving on. The, we were establishing that there's a problem with the pipes in the scene, and um, Mark, the husband, is concerned. She's reassuring him, don't worry, the, the floors will be flat, but she needs the water on because Mickey's coming over to do her hair. She's got she the audition. He, he has complete disregard for the fact that there's cameras there. Oh, who? The Mark, the husband. He's like, yeah, but you gotta take care of that. Yeah. Okay, but you gotta take care of that. Yeah. I'm gonna turn the water. Yeah. He's also just trying, he's just practical. He's like, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know if I would call it disregard, but I know what you're saying. He's not wooed by the cameras. Well, later in my favorite scene, which we can't talk about yet, <laughs> that happens. But he doesn't know that. I'm gonna give you an upcoming duty oh yes wait a minute no but he does know at that point anyway so and we also see the size of her ring which it just yeah. is one little close-up like, what does he do is he's, he's got to be rich because they have a big house yeah i don't remember we'll find out when we watch yes. the next episode i don't know if we ever found out what he did or if he's just a businessman like that's that's all they ever yeah i just I, I didn't know whether he was a lawyer or but she says businessman so lawyer he she would say lawyer right Anyways, uh, she assures him that, that uh, she'll take care of the water problem when she's gotten her audition stuff out of the way and that the floors will remain flat. And then we meet Mickey, her former makeup and hair guy. Again, is the man who did my hair on half the things I ever did. <laughs> Just like Laura Silverman's character, it's the crew girl. Mickey is the old, hilarious, gay makeup guy. You're right. I, whoever yes. did the casting was dead on. Yes, dead on. Yeah. They perfect, perfect, and he makes the tired old Avon calling joke. Well, he was so excited to be on camera. Yeah, he probably stayed up all night planning that joke. You know, because right. he did it twice. Remember when she tried to like brush it off and he did it again yeah. to make sure the joke was on camera. It is another version of what she was doing when we first meet her, but she sort of doesn't indulge him much she's just sort of like yeah yeah this is about me she doesn't indulge anyone it's true <laughs> it's very true we, we figure that out pretty fast right yeah we meet mickey we find out th that they used to work together she's very excited and that uh, mickey still does her hair or makeup for events or whatever so there's this long-term relationship and then next thing it cuts to they're on their way to the audition they're at the studio and he's talking about his health problems and she's sort of listening, and then 
sort of shuts him right down. He's he's like, we got to put a pin in that. Like, she doesn't have time for it. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor found another melanoma. Okay, anyway, we don't have time for that. We've got to film And She's really a horrible person. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, bottom line, we love her, but she's really, she's slightly horrible. Yeah, that's what's unclear yet still, though. I'm trying to remember what my feelings were. Cause I, I know think when I, she brushed off the cancer gut. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. It does tell you something. At that point, we get her take on what the show's going to be about, that, that she's going to be a part of, and that she's going to be one of four sexy singles living, oh. right? Yes. And she's really excited because she's going to have this awesome role. and She's playing an architect, great clothes. Yeah. Sexy. She was, it was very important to her that she was sexy. It's very important that she gets sexy. I love the, this angle feels a little low. Yes. <laughs> that reminds me of us and all our friends. Like, can you, can you shoot me from above, please? Anything <laughs> that's going to make my, my tits look bigger and my chins non-existent. And then she walks into the lobby and there's Mary Lou Henner and Kim Fields. Oh, who both look amazing. Who look they amazing. They were amazing. They were amazing, too. I love that they did that. You know, I love that they did the show. Yeah. So it's such a great sense of humor about it. The conversation that takes place there is awkward and it's like, why do they call it a comeback? Well, they each both have their comeback crew there with them too. Which I didn't see. Yeah, there was this huge thing of camera crews and they were they informed her that whoever gets the part also has to do the reality show. And there's that moment where Valerie Cherish realizes she, all the cameras weren't for her. And okay. it, was a, it was a bad moment for her. <laughs> It was a bad moment for her. Mary for yeah, let's talk about Mary Has she Lohanna. dipped in oil or has she sold her soul to the devil? She looks the same 10 what, years ago as she what does. Is that? I just saw her in The View the other day. Yes, I watched The View. I'll say I, it. I watched The View. <laughs> the new View, too. But that's Which something. I don't like as much as the old View. Oh, but I like it better than Jenny McCarthy. Jenny view. McCarthy well, View. Jenny McCarthy is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really a word if you were to spell it, but it's. <laughs> She's good or wrong. Then we see that Mary Lou Henner and Kim Fields absolutely just don't have time uh, for the cameras. They're trying to get Valerie to move the cameras away. She won't do it. She tries to get them to just shoot her. That doesn't seem to work. So then she leaves to go find her own space. And But not before Mary Lou Henner and Kim Fields flip off the cameras. So and they I can't use that. the I footage. I both of them. Yeah. I thought the they did great. Where's Kim Fields? Why isn't she doing Tootie? anything? Yeah. Why, why, why is Tootie not doing Tootie's anything? Tootie's doing something. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. Right. She did that show after fact, uh, with Queen Latifah after the Facts of Life. I I don't think that she's never done of, anything since <laughs> Facts of Life. Oh, but they were a bunch of sassy singles. Living. Was it singles? It was like single ladies or something? All the single ladies. Sorry. But recently I haven't seen Yeah, Queen Latifah was... Okay, then she finds herself a little room and the sitcom producer, one of them, or some somebody, I'm not quite sure what the blonde woman with the glasses role is. Um, she might be the line producer. Or... There, you know, I think that a lot of the characters on the show, they're just sort of production people. Like, you right. they never really establish who they are in this episode. Yeah, it's like, are you with the studio? Because if she were the casting director... How would Valerie ever gotten to that part after, you know, everything she witnessed? I mean... That's true. Unless they are savvy enough at that point to know that the more strange shit and bad behavior that they get from 
people, the better our show is going to be. The reality show, yeah. Yeah. Could be. But. This microphone looks like a penis. It does look like a penis. Okay. It's a Yeti penis. So really, yeah, it's a Yeti penis. It's a, <laughs> I mean. Don't be scared of the penis. I'm not. I enjoy I, them. I love that she says that reality is the reality of TV. She's like, this is the reality of TV. Reality is the reality of TV. And even though we knew that was true at the time, it's amazing looking back at the things I mentioned at the top, how prescient that was. You know, that... that prescient? Isn't that, like, isn't that the right word? Yeah. Yeah, but whoever that... uses that word. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. That's like a... You know, if Who I took these, you? if I took these Pres- off, I I wouldn't. My prescient, my prescient, my precious, precious, precious. But yeah, the idea that the world's about the reality's about to become even bigger at yes. that point. I mean, you were talking about logo earlier. We were talking about these channels that just didn't even exist, and I even was being prescient. <laughs> <laughs> the format when we're watching the on-demand playback of it. I yes. mean, it's still standard deaf format. So yeah, that they was were, crazy. Yeah, they're not, they weren't even filming in high def at that point. So in, in 2005. It was amazing to me, though, because I, I always think, like, technology changes really fast, but she had Bluetooth in her car. I didn't think that was 10 years old. Like, if I think back 10 years, I mean, I was using, like, a headset. Yeah. In my car. I don't know when I had my first cell phone. Well, it was... Well, we had Maybe cell late phones. 90s. We had but... cell phones then. But I mean, in the car, you would like talk yeah. on it, you know, up to your ear. Or then, then we started using Bluetooth that they were headsets. I didn't get my, I mean, my Bluetooth car is like four years old. But I guess. Yeah. Well, speakerphone, like, whatever. Maybe it was speakerphone. Yeah, which we see her on the phone in her car later on. So here we, but we're still right now. She's about to go into the audition and, uh, no, it's fine. She gets a call from her agent or that's the woman comes in because she's getting a call from her agent and there's some changes with the contracts and the other actors are willing to lower their price or so that's what Valerie's being told and. She had to cross some stuff out. She had to cross. Initial. (laughs) Yeah. She's trying to act so calm and cool and collected and. It's so... Everything that happens to her is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's... Like, the, they... She's washed up. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't see it. And it's like we're, we're constantly having to see people remind her of that. And it's it's so sad. But then she... She, tries, she shakes it off. It's okay. It's all okay. It's all good. Right. And there's something actually very admirable about that. Even though it's kind of hard to watch well, in certain moments. Well, you know, we wouldn't love her if there weren't lovable things about her. Yes, she's a horrible person. But <laughs> no, but but any actor to play to play a character that people are attracted to, you always have to find the good in it. And you know, that's one of the great things about Valerie Cherish is yeah, she's a horrible person, but there's something about her that just tugs at your heart. Yeah, there's something very childlike and sweet and broken and yeah. yet also like the song at the end, she's a survivor. You kind of get the sense that this person is somebody who's going to do whatever it takes to get back to where she wants to be. You know what it is? What? It's kind of prescient. <laughs> it is totally 
prescient or not. This is the first time we, we never meet her agent, uh, but we, it is the first time we hear her on the phone with her agent getting rushed off again. And she's trying to sort of like, well, okay. And she's just like, oh, all right. Okay. Cause you just get the impression that on the other line, the agents just does not have time for her. So like even her agent just doesn't take the time like they would with a big star or with somebody on their way up. That, that's also kind of heartbreaking. And then she goes in for the audition, and they won't let they won't let the cameras in. Weren't you dying to be in that audition? Yeah, I was. I was like so frustrated by that. I was dying to be in that audition. Do you think they did that purposely? Then, yes. So we'll never know if she was good or bad in there. I don't think it mattered. I think your point was really good. I think that the whole, you know, for the sitcom, the whole thing is they wanted her there for the reality show part of it. Yeah, that was the impression I. I I had, but I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I will find out, right? And then we come up straight on her. Well, I got it, and have being asked to do it over and over and over. <laughs> and oh my god! Yeah, right there, we see she doesn't really get it right on the second or third try, like she claims she does. Right. And she keeps saying that she understands what they want and... And doing it her own way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like many actors, I'm sure. And she says, I don't want to look like an idiot. And then she asks for the camera to be turned off. You just hear Jane now scream, no. Like, can you turn the camera off? No. I love Jane. Jane is my hero in this. Like, they, like, it is absolutely impossible for them to turn it off, and they will not contractually turn off those cameras. And then then uh, we cut to them en route to the first table read, and uh, she's walking in, and she gets news that there's been water damage done. <laughs> and she's having a moment with Mark on the phone, I guess. Let's not play the blame game. <laughs> Right, so she totally diverts all responsibility. It's not, it's not her, not her fault. Even though we've previously seen her assuring him that the floors are gonna be fine, and then, uh, then telling, telling us again that he doesn't understand. He's, he's not in the business. <laughs> and then we come to her arriving on set and meeting the girls. Uh, Malin Ackerman. Malin I was young baby Malin Ackerman. I, I was stunned. I totally forgot that that was her. Yeah, I didn't know who else I don't any of those other girls were, but I should look it up. They don't give us a lot on the other girls, and I don't know that that's really um, important in this first setup, but yeah, Mal Malin? Mal Malin Ackerman. Malin Ackerman. Yeah. Um, who is the new girl on the rise. And I had this moment of thinking, I wonder if Valerie was once that girl on the rise. Could be. You know, you know, Melon Ackerman had the perkiest boobies. She did. Even, even before she took her shirt off. Oh, well, there's Ooh, nipples in all those scenes. I know. Even, Why were there nips everywhere? Because I'm sure it's just cold on set. I guess. <laughs> well, in that way, it's actually realistic. Most sets are pretty cold. They are. Because of the They are. Because of you the You know, lights. no matter how cold my sets were, my boobs never got perky. <laughs> oh, I'm oh. sure they were. Oh. They're, they're, they're deeper. <laughs> 
So, uh, the girls are very sweet, but she thinks that they're not her actual co-stars. She thinks that they're extras who are going to be in the wet t-shirt contest, uh, as Marcy's already mentioned, because of the, the boobs. I don't know either of these actresses anymore. Um, Yeah. Yeah, the other girls sort of never did anything, but... So, when she then says, oh, I thought the girls were going to be in their 30s, and the woman that we don't know what her role is says, the network went another way, right? Or went a, went a little younger. Went a little younger. Lisa Kudrow's face at that moment. It was the same thing where she's just like, you see her take the information in, it hurts for a second, and then she she gets proud. Okay, well, that's what it is. Right. She rolls Maybe with I'm it. young, too. <laughs> Maybe they think I'm younger. I don't know. I feel like that could have been going through her head. Which makes that moment later, of course, she doesn't see it, but the moment where the guys uh, say to each other, how old do you think she is? Yeah. Oh. I know it hurt. Yeah. It hurt. It hurt. From the table read, we go into the overhead shot, the, the clip. It's like two minutes of her in the kitchen rehearsing her line. I don't want to see that. (laughs) Note to self. After a long day of work, I don't want to see that. Which I think to myself quite often. (laughs) I think that's why that line sticks in my head. Well, well, yeah, but the question is, did you say that before? No. Because I know we've been saying it ever since. Yeah, we have. No, I I totally think to come back to that. I feel like we the next day. I feel like we talked right, like, or right after it right ended. After it aired. Yes. <laughs> because that became our catchphrase. Yes. And I would actually I would actually say we should title the podcast something about that. Except for it says like I don't wanna see that it makes it sound like I don't want people to listen. Like I don't wanna hear that. I don't wanna see that. But is, that could be yeah, hipstery. It could be. Hipstery, what, to... To say, I don't want to see that. You know, because yeah. hipsters are ironic. That's and I, maybe sound really young that I said, the hipsters are ironic. The hipsters today. Oh, ironic. Maybe you should put some glasses on. That was prescient. <laughs> it was prescient about the hipsters. The beginning of that scene, Mark, the husband, tells her, you're wonderful, it's great, you nailed it, or whatever it is. Yeah, you're you always it. great. Yeah. It was cute. I mean, their relationship is sweet. It is sweet. And I love the montage as it goes on, as she's rehearsing the line, and she's at first starting off snacking on her own stuff, but by the end of it, she just keeps going back for the chocolate cake. Yeah. It's like I can feel her anxiety and her excitement. I think everybody can relate to that chocolate cake moment. I thought it was a fantastic montage of her. Uh, I feel like I have to tell you something right now. It's really serious. Yes. I I didn't know those were zone meals. <laughs> I only knew they were zone meals because she mentions it at the beginning. Okay, and I didn't hear yeah. that. Now I feel really bad. She said something with the Diet Cokes that the zones were out of order. Oh, I just thought the meals were out of order. I didn't... Ah. Wow, you're a better listener than me. Wow. You are. I'm going to say it right now. Look at you with the listening. So, yeah, I love that scene. I love that little bit. And then we go into the rehearsal and um, her delivery of that line and the writer's looking confused yes and the guy the young guy on the couch was kellen lutz there was another person that was probably one of the first things he ever did right you just told me he was in the twilight yeah 
So what? Big heartthrob. And you wouldn't have remembered him from that. I know. I'm never going to pronounce her name right, and I can Malin pronounce Ackerman. it. Malin Ackerman. I, you know, I love her. Every time yeah. I see her, she's so funny. She's yeah, she's one great. of those pretty funny girls. God, we hate them. No, like we us. love them. We like love us, them. Jenny. That's right. Just like us. <laughs> I'm a funny, pretty girl. Uh, inside. And then the writers are confused as they're, as they're walking. I don't understand why she's living with them. Yeah. Okay. It did come off as very creepy when she walked in and they were all making out on the couch and she was wearing a slacks. Yes. And you've got the tags hanging off so you know they're doing like camera tests. They're not in their full on costumes yet. Which is, I think if you weren't in the industry you wouldn't even notice those things. There's a lot of inside industry stuff and I, I don't know if maybe that's why the show didn't stay on longer. I mean, I don't, you know, is the show as funny to us as it is because of all the inside stuff? Because having, between the two of us, having spent so much time on television sets, and you know, we offices. got every single joke, you know? It's true. I think we definitely get more levels that, and, and maybe people, more people would today than at the time it aired, but Entourage was on. It was about to go yeah. into its second season, but... Yeah, those little tiny things, I think. You're right. I think we we probably picked up on things that yeah. other people wouldn't. And then, uh, okay, so the rehearsal, the writers are confused. Then we go into, uh, they're having lunch or breakfast, and the girls are talking, and everybody's worried because they've heard that somebody's going to be fired. And you can sort of see the anxiety, and she's trying to be the wise elder. Yes. At that point, uh, reassuring everybody, and she always refers to Ma- Malina. <laughs> Malamar. Malamar. I'm just gonna call her Malamar, like the cookie. She's always talking to Malamar and calling her. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. She's always calling her baby girl. I know. She's calling her baby girl. She's at once. She wants to be young like them, and part of that. And yet, at the same time, she also relishes in being older and wiser and more experienced, right? The attitude that Malamar has towards her is so open and loving and innocent and impressed. She's so... That's just... That, to me, is also heartbreaking. Because, you know, who has has more power there? Right. Well, it's just, it's, that again, it's just, it's a great, they took that great example of, you know, you're on top for like two minutes in Hollywood and then the, the next younger model moves in. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it, that's, that, that relationship there, right there, you know, the way she handles it, the way uh, Valerie Cherish handles it, it's, it's heart, it's, it's heartbreaking as well, you know, because she doesn't see it at first. She thinks she's come in there to be the, you know, the big star and really she's not she's not not the star of the show she's not and watching her come to terms with that is what makes the show one of the most amazing things of the show she also finds herself in a show that she is not what she thought she was going to be in and actually now that i'm saying this out loud to you it actually parallels what's happening with the reality show too i think the reality show becomes something that she doesn't know it's going to be right and then valerie's called up to the writer's room so they're, they're, they're there at breakfast, and they're thinking that somebody, somebody's going to get fired, and everybody's worried, and she's reassuring them, and then she's called up. God, you just know, too. You just know, like, 
like my heart, even though I've seen the episode before, my heart was beating, but also I was excited because I knew it was coming. <laughs> and then they're walking and Jane is asking her to tell me what you're feeling. Start, finish the sentence. I'm feeling. And she never does. I, She says something. She only acknowledges Jane when it suits her. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Then she walks into the writer's room, and one of my favorite moments is the reality crew trying to get into the room. The noise and the awkwardness. And there are the two head writers, Tom and Polly G. And I, who's who? I don't know. We're very confused. I know. The one with the baseball hat and the chubby one. The chubby one's mean. The chubby one's mean and is playing blackjack throughout the whole... Throughout the and whole he encounter. doesn't like Valerie at all. He he's like so annoyed that she's. Except he takes. I love him. Great. He takes great pleasure in in telling her her new character. Yeah, he's mean. Yeah. So the new character is no longer going to just be one of their roommates. It's going to be one of their aunts, probably Malamar's aunt, and uh, right. I think it is. Yeah. It, who lives upstairs, a la Therese Company. And owns the building, like, too close for comfort. <laughs> and Polly G takes much pleasure in telling her her new name. Aunt Sassy! <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Aunt Sassy! Aunt it's Sassy. like, what the hell? Where, where would they even come up with that? Where did they come that? up with that? Was it, did they think they were going to give it to Kim Fields? I mean, I don't know. No, because that, she was, this was way after Kim Fields. I know, I know. And actually, that just really sounded like a very racist statement I just made. And I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm not a part of it now. <laughs> <laughs> and you are? So, Valerie keeps insisting that uh, Aunt Sassy should be sexy, smart. They and never. Sexy. And, yeah. But she's still. Okay. Nobody else ever describes her as sexy. No, no. <laughs> she just keeps reassuring herself. That she'll be sexy. And they all, you just see that they just all don't like her at all. Right. It's very sad. That they're just indulging. Yeah. They're indulging her. You see her sort of crumble. Yeah. But she doesn't know she's crumbling. You don't think she knows she's crumbling? She thinks she... I think she's still like, she's still like, if I say it so, it's so. I'm sexy. I'm sexy. I'm sexy. I'm sexy. Maybe she read The Secret. I wonder when The Secret came out. After that, that I think. (laughs) So, oh, right, and she wanted her character to have a job, and Polly, no, I don't know if it's Polly G, the fat, the fat, angry one, fat, or, he's not really that, he's not fat, you're right, he's like, he's, he's just angry, he doesn't like her, the angry one. He's inflated and angry. He's, he's, he says. He's inflated by his anger. He's, he's got that writer's room bloat. Well, yeah, so do I, I'm not even yeah, a writer's room. Yeah, like, it's a craft service. Yes. Comfort, craft service comfort. And uh, there was that great moment when she's leaving and she says, did that room smell like pot? And yes. just like you came into this room asking that, does this room smell like pot? Uh, then we go to the costume fitting. Oh. Oh my God. What did you think about this? She's in the dressing room going, this can't be right, this can't be right, this can't be right. And I love at the very same moment that Malin Ackerman walks out in this tiny bikini, Valerie Cherish walks out in a jogging suit that looks like it would be worn by Barb Feldman from the PTA in Encino. 
It's just one of those shiny, flowery... Like, like she's going to just hop on her rascal that's yeah, scooter and that's CVS right yeah. and go get some... Uh, depends. Yeah. It's, there's room. There's room in those pants. There's Those those pants were built to go. Yeah. <laughs> they were. They were made for that. They and were made for peeing in. I obviously have never been in a Valerie Cherish situation, uh, but... I remember being in college and playing the old woman in something and being a young woman and still feeling like, oh, like in my costume, feeling like, uh, I, of course I'm playing an old woman. They're not going to put an old woman in this, in anything attractive, but still feeling like I look so unattractive in this. Like, of course, you're an actor. You're you're being playing an older person, but... And I want to be pretty, you know, even though it's not appropriate for the character. It's totally appropriate for Aunt Sassy, right? It's totally appropriate for Aunt Sassy, but nothing hurts more. I, I have had those moments. I've had those costume moments where you're like, oh, this is how you see me. <laughs> All righty then. But isn't it really... I would always take them in the back and try and make them sexier. I, there's a little, there's a little uh, Aunt Sassy in me, I think. There's a little Aunt Sassy in all of us. In, the, in all of us, truly. Yeah. But, I mean, it isn't really about how they see you, though, too. It's finding that separation between yourself and the character, yeah. which is a moment like a costume fitting is the beginning or the end of that, right? Right. But it is, It is. I do think it is It is a moment of that as a, the, the actress, you know, when you see and you saw something completely different and you're sort of like, oh, this is how they see me. And not only that, it's compounded by the young 20-something. Coming out of the dressing room, going to change out of a bikini, just pulling her bikini top off. Do you still want to have lunch? Oh, whoopsie, I'm naked. (laughs) Yes, we get to see Malamar topless. Perky. Yeah, Perky. perfect. She wants to stay behind and talk to the costume designer and lets Malamar go to lunch without her or leave early. Great moment where she asks for a juicy suit, and he says, do you have a juicy ass? And that's just like, oh, oh, again. I know. So then we are moving on to her private bathroom testimonial. You can- it's the duty scene. I'm going to give it. I'm just going to say right away. What's funnier than someone going, she's giving, she's doing a private testimonial in her home and her husband walks in and she's like, I'm filming. And he just doesn't even pay attention. Goes in the bathroom behind her, and then we hear poo-poo sounds. And she's like, Mark, Mark, I'm filming. And what does he say? Uh, oh, he uh, says, oh, Jesus, I need to defecate. <laughs> I love it they use the word defecate. Um, her face when he was pooping, to me, her face, like, it was so funny. Yeah, just also just trying to hold it together, but she's pressing the technology, and she thinks she's turned it off and oh, it's still recording. And we which see is, her. And like, what a great, writing-wise, what a yeah. great pretense to show us something, you know, behind the scenes of something that's behind the scenes, right? Something real behind the reality. And then you see her having this moment with him, and you think, and on one hand, she could go off, and be a total nightmare, but there's actually a really sweet moment in there that we don't know, or that she doesn't know is being shown. She's really nervous, and she's really scared, and you do see it all. And that, again, goes back to the, 
why we love her because we do see her soft white underbelly. And Lisa Kudrow kills it. I mean, she's, she does. Oh, she just nails it in that scene. She's admitting to the camera that she's feeling a lot of pressure, and apparently Mark is too. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows how to let it pressure out. He knows how to let it go. Uh, then let we see a sweet go. moment between them. All right. I'm sorry. We see this sweet moment between them, and he tells her she's going to be wonderful, and she goes to start recording her private diary testimonial again, presses the button, and it goes to black. Awesome moment. Good writing, good everything. The way it's put together is really well done. Uh, then we're at the taping, and we get our big Aunt Sassy moment. I don't want to see that. And don't you get the feeling that that's just all she says all throughout the show? <laughs> that's one of the things I kept thinking. Is that her only line? Yeah. Is that her yeah, only line yeah. in the whole thing? Because we don't see anything else. We followed this one line. Not only are we following this one character, we followed this one line through its incarnation. I have. We have no idea what that first episode was about. And it's so dumb. It looks so And that line dumb. was so important to her that she wanted to have another take. And when the director said no, she started getting the audience. And that is, that's Jimmy Burroughs. The, the director, Jimmy, is played by James Burroughs. Who's a, all, the ultimate television director. The best I, I in the business. That. He's just royalty. So then she gets the audience on her side. She cheers them into a frenzy and gets them chanting give uh, give one her another more take, take right? one more take which gets her in a lot of trouble right although he rolls with it at first right and at the end so we see she gets it then oh really the crushing scene i mean like that's the thing is you keep thinking like okay she has these kind of triumphant moments and then she gets these these crushing uh reality checks and uh, James Burroughs, Jimmy, the director, pulls her aside and doesn't want the cameras to follow her and gives her some hard But truth. Jane comes around the corner and does anyway. Right. Because we love Jane. <laughs> because she's the bulldog. The Jane is awesome. Yeah, the reality producers, man, they're like, get it. I don't care how crushing it is, just get it. So what did you think about that conversation that they have? That he Between, has Oh, that was heartbreaking. That was hard with the conversation he has with, with uh, Valerie. You know, this show is just a constant. In every scene, someone is telling her, you're not a star anymore. Yeah. You're not a star anymore. It's soul crushing. It is. And she doesn't, it doesn't seem to land, though. No, it doesn't ever land. It never lands. And that's impressive to me. <laughs> and she feels she's the ultimate professional, even though she just did the most professional thing. You know, I think she even said to him, I get it. I get it. She says, I get it. I'm the pro here. I'm the pro here. Even though throughout the entire thing, she's the one making all the trouble. It's true. But I'm the pro. I'm the pro here. And she's still acting like the star. Yes. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't have a sense of her, of her, of her reality. You know, it's a reality TV show, but she's not in reality. Right. right. The obstinate reality crew filming the whole thing and... Him saying to her, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not it anymore. Oh. But that's, I mean, that's the running theme of the show. 
It really is. It really is. And we were just very deep, weren't we? And they've said we're always very deep. <laughs> we very are. deep and very shallow at the same I time. Know, that's us. Uh, she says a few different times in the show, like, uh, it's important to me that I feel that I'm being heard. She's always talking about wanting to be heard. Yeah. And then she seems to always cut people off. Let's put a pin in that. And I don't right. want, I don't want to see that. And like, I don't want to hear that. And he says, her, him saying to her here at this moment, you're not hearing what I'm saying really stood out to me because of that. Good point, Jenny. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the glasses it's the therapist and then we're in the car it's two weeks later they've shot the pilot and they're waiting to hear back and she's got malamar on the phone everybody's nervous she gets a call and she's still trying to be i'm the professional here don't worry baby girl right i'm the professional i've been through this a million times but you know she's really nervous too you can see that she's <sighs> really nervous too to find out if the show was picked up yeah and the camera crew's there, obviously, with her filming her, and you, although you don't see him, you, Mickey must be in the back seat. Cause <laughs> trying they, to do her hair. Yeah. They make her take off the sunglasses, because the cameraman can be seen in it, and he sprays her eyes with hairspray, and she gets in a car accident. She rear-ends somebody, yeah. She rear-ends somebody who's not impressed by her either, doesn't recognize her. No one, yeah. Nobody recognizes her. I mean, it's just a little bit. I mean, it's not a big scene or anything, but that moment is also, you He know. just, again, he hates her too. Everybody hates her. Bronzer really hates her. Like, the anger, just going back to the maid, the anger in her eyes, man. Well, yeah, she has reason to be angry too. I mean, yeah. even when she's calling and, granted, I'm not quite sure that I understood what Esperanza was saying in the call, in the car. Yeah. But when she clicks back to Malamar, Malamar says, was that anybody? And she's like, no, it was nobody important. Or yeah. that was nobody. Or right. it was nothing important. And next thing we know, which is the last scene, the final scene, she returns home to get her car insurance because she's been in a car accident. We realize that what Esperanza was saying to her was very important. They were pulling out the walls. Yeah. So not just the walls. The it wall. The it wall. The it wall. And... There is some extreme water damage, and she is dismayed, for lack of a better word. I mean, she's she's crushed, right? She's like, her Leno. Her Leno has water damage. It was such a sad thing. Oh, it was so sad. But. Then she gets a call. Yes. I thought that was great, because, like, let go of the past. Here I go into the future. It's really well written. Every, you know, as 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 funny as the show is in so many funny moments, I have equal, I had equal heart tugs. Yeah. You know? And even in that last part, that last moment, you know, when she finds out the show got picked up. Yeah. But you see her it wall. Yeah. You know? You're like, ah. Oh. But you're right. It's uh, symbolic of letting go of the past and that you can't hold on to those things. And then, she, yeah, she gets the call that it's getting picked up. And then she remembers she's got to call her husband. And you hear her as the credits are rolling, kind of talking to him. And these really... Everything else looks at that point to have gone to shit. But then the one thing that she's wanted is happening. And Especially then, that scene with her husband. That one yeah. really went to shit. Am I too obsessed with that scene? No, it is such a good scene. <laughs> no, I'm not... And I'm... I'm not as taken by duty humor as, <laughs> as you are. Um, which, 
<laughs> which also, which I do not mean to imply that you're into scat play. Um, I am not I into scat play. Or urine play. <laughs> no, neither one. Uh, but. Uh, Ac- accidentally catching someone dooting is funny. Though. Like, or farts. Farts but, are funny. Yeah. Duty sounds. I don't like to look at duty. But, but it is one of the best duty scenes <laughs> ever. It is. It's really, really well done. We don't want to go out on that, do we? We don't want to go okay. out on that. So. I don't really remember much of what comes next, which is sort of what I'm, I'm excited, excited to watch episode two. I'm excited. Do you have any idea of what's coming next? Do you remember? I, I Absolutely not. <laughs> but that's what's great. I we think we'll remember when we watch it. So we have thirteen. We have twelve more episodes to watch, and then and then we're gonna be back. Yes. And you've got a couple students that are yes. in episodes, and we hope to get them on, and that'll be we, fun. They are going to come on, yeah. They'll come on and talk to us about their experience, and I'll be interested to see who else comes back. Like, is Laura Silverman, is Jane yes, going to come back? Yes, she is. Oh, she is? Yes. I just read that. Oh, that's great. That, yeah, I haven't yeah. read anything about it. Yeah. So, do you know anybody else that's coming back? Uh... No, I saw Dan Bukatinsky interviewed, and he's involved in this. Oh, good. He was killed off on Scandal. I know. So I know. I know. But he's got a new show. Oh, he does? Yeah, oh. he's on, uh, I forgot which one, but he's on something new. He's so talented, he's got to be working all the time. As I said, when we started, New York Times sort of really liked it. I mean, they weren't completely, I know. There's, there's loud people walking above us. They were... They We're were, taking this in the sewer. <laughs> The Golden Sewer. Uh, no, that's gold. Entertainment Weekly gave it a C. They didn't well, like... who cares what they think, yeah, Jenny? Yeah, I agree. Who reads Entertainment Weekly? I don't know. That's like that's like it's... the poor man's people. <laughs> but it's from the people, like the People Choice Award. Oh, well, excuse me. <laughs> what did you think about that moment? Oh, that was that was actually... I, I didn't write anything down, but that was oh. what the... The Entertainment Weekly complaint was sort of that they thought that, and it makes sense when you think of it as Entertainment Weekly, which is sort of the everyman's entertainment right. magazine, that it, it that it was condescending to the audience, and that that they felt the reviewer Who cares? felt. I agree. <laughs> I agree. All right. Good. So. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we hope you'll join us next time. We hope you found this as entertaining and enlightening as we did. We had fun, and that's all that matters. Please send us, uh, you can email us any comments uh, or questions that you have, and if we think they're appropriate, maybe we will answer them or read them. Well, I'm excited to get emails. I am. Um, we will. I will put together like some bumpers for the end and put up an email address that we okay. can get stuff at, and... Um, so we'd love to hear your thoughts and come back and listen to us talk about the next one. Please come back. Please. Please. Or don't. Or don't. Or don't. If, if you don't want, if you're not going to love it, don't be here. Don't do it for us. Now you're condescending to the audience. Am I condescending to them? Go we don't back need to the you. We're doing this. We're doing this for us. We're not doing it for you. This isn't going to be in the show, right? Cut, 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 cut. Time out. Time out. Time. Time. I don't want to see that. 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 I don't want to 